eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, John, let's get to some mailbag questions. We'll get to predictions on the conference title games before we get out of here for sure. But I want to get some of these questions in. Um, so let's um, let's start here. Well, let's let's stick with the D'Amico Ryan's theme for a second. This question came in from a few people. J.R. Cortez, our friend Mike Silva of the Posse asked this question too, John. Um, based, simple one, if D'Amico Ryans gets a head coaching job, who would you expect to see him bring in uh, to coach the offense and particularly quarterbacks as well, OC and quarterback coach? Well, I have no idea. You know, he's been coaching with guys. He's been coaching against a lot of guys. He's got a list that's three to five deep at every position because when you do interviews, that's what they want to know who you're going to hire, and I would say it's somebody he's familiar with or it could have been somebody that they played several times and watching tape of that opposing offense and pressed him about the way it was going. I do know this. He needs, whether it's offense, defense, or associate head coach, he needs experienced help. Like he needs a good personnel man, and Nick Casario has 22 years. Mm -hmm. That's important to a guy that's only been a coordinator for two years and has a lot of big-time decisions to make. And then I think on his staff, he needs a former head coach like they had with Romeo Cornell. Somebody, if you had two, I'd love to see Frank Reich on his staff as associate head coach because I think Frank is a good coach and a great guy, and he did well as an assistant with the Chargers and the Eagles. And he, no telling what he would have accomplished with the Colts if luck hadn't shocked everybody by retiring, but it's true. Specific, you know, Mike LaFleur was on that staff. He leaves and goes with his good buddy Robert Sala, who was just made to fire him. Yeah. And so he's still out there. Maybe D'Amico likes him. Mm-hmm. And I've joked I joked around, I wrote this in columns about call Gary Kubiak and see what if Gary would do what he do with did with Minnesota. He, yeah. Mike Zimmer hired him as a offensive advisor. He worked with offensive coordinator and play caller. Kevin Stefanski, and he got a head coaching job. Got him paid. Yeah. I would, uh, Gary lives here. I'd say, Coach, could you work with our offensive coordinator? And maybe you catch Gary at the right time and he's bored. You think Gary would do it? I have no idea. I'm guessing. 
know. I've heard that he's gotten used to riding his tractor around his farm and fishing and going and golf. And then he's fighting. He's got, you know, last weekend, two of his sons competed against each other at Levi Stadium. And so, uh, but you know, it never hurts to ask. And since he's so fond of D'Amico, uh, I would certainly give him a call. And another thing I would do, okay, you don't want to do it. Who are some guys you'd recommend if you, if, if knowing I want to play this system or that right. system? Ask around, right? Um, I don't know. Gary looked pretty relaxed, John, when he was tearing you a new one at the John McClain toast a few months back. That's why I would want him is he's relaxed. He's not, he's not like he was when he retired and worried about his Rhonda worried about his health and everything. He's living mm-hmm. living a good life, but at art, he's a coach. Yep. He is. Um, I, the, the interesting thing you said there. So D'Amico's got a, you, you think he's got a list like a, a three to five. Is, is that a normal thing? Like just oh, the yeah. guys, they've got One a, of the things they ask you in those interviews. Okay. Who's your, who's your offensive line coach going to they, be? They've got a depth chart, huh? Yeah. And if that guy's not available, who's next? Yep. What kind of systems he want to play? Yep. It is important in these meetings that they know what you want to do with your staff, what you want to play. Like if D'Amico didn't play four, three, and he wanted to switch to three four after Casario and mm-hmm. James Lepford and all their scouts and personnel people have spent the last two drafts in free agency getting players who fit a four three yeah. instead of their old three four. Then they'd have to start over with that front seven. Right. Um, all right, John. Next one here. This is from Sam in West U. Um, Bill O'Brien, of course, just got a job as the New England offensive coordinator. So he's back in the NFL after a couple of years in Tuscaloosa. Um, Sam says, if Bill O'Brien could have a redo on one thing from his time with the Texans, what would it be? Um, Let's see. Um, There's two things that jump out to me. Number one, trading DeAndre Hopkins Mm -hmm. for David Johnson in a second-round pick that turned out to be Ross Blacklock. And uh, the other one would be not to go for the fake putt in Kansas City. (laughs) Um, which contributed to their enormous, colossal choke from leading the 24 points. Do you think that, uh, and just to take oh, it. Oh, one more. Yeah. Excuse me, Sean. Yeah. Is not to buy into Jack Easterby and seeing that he was going to be more um, wise to the fact that he was getting backstabbed. Yeah, that's well, that's kind of where I was going. Like, maybe not specific to the Easterby thing there, but. Like if O'Brien could do it again, do you think he'd maybe like now with hindsight, he can see his blind spots and go, maybe I just, maybe I should have been the coach and let a good GM go do his thing and just, you know, give some respectful input as opposed to being the guy shopping for the groceries. No, he wanted control <laughs> of coaching staff. He wanted control of personnel. That He, he had, wouldn't have partnered he, up with old Jackie Pooh, right? He had, uh, you know, I think that, um, that he's learned like those guys used to be tight and not anymore. Yeah. yeah and uh, I think maybe he wishes he were a little less naive about people trying to get in good with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think for sure the Hopkins trade, which was a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's transactionally, it's got to be the Hopkins trade. Speaking of which Glenn Childs asked with rumors that the Arizona Cardinals Cardinals are looking to move on from DeAndre Hopkins this off season. Any chance he could wind up back in Houston, John? I'm not going to say no. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they want a guy who's 31 
Yeah. It's funny, you know, he never had an injury here except one in 2017. Yeah. And he set out the last game, but he said if this had meant something, I would have played even though he couldn't have. And then he's had the, the performance-enhancing drug suspension. He was hurt at the end of this year. He was hurt at the end of last year. Uh, some people said New England. I'm saying, ah, not with Bill O'Brien there. Not anymore. Like, yeah. Well, there was that footage that surfaced during hard knocks, the in-season hard knocks of Hopkins and Belichick chopping it up at midfield. Did you see that? Uh, yeah. It said they loved each other. And they did. And if the offensive coordinator was Matt Patricia, he might do it. <laughs> not with B.O.B., though, huh? All right. I don't see it, not unless they – cut him and they offered him the most money which i don't see happening because yeah that's the thing he wants to get paid again supposedly I, like i don't know if he realizes it's like dude you're getting you better get a bunch of bonuses yeah 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 some in an incentive laden contract okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, our friend Chris in the ATL sends in sort of an either-or here for you, John. So put your mind in either-or mode for a second. He says, choose the option that would make you the most excited for the Texans' future. One. Hired D'Amico, and then he pushes to trade for Trey Lance, and the Texans use both their first-round picks on defense to strengthen that side of the ball, or hire Shane Steichen, draft Bryce Young, and Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame in the first round. So D'Amico, Trey Lance, and beef up the defense, or Steichen, Bryce, Mayer. Did you add that part about Mayer? No, it's right here, it? John. I can show you. I printed it up right there. He, he, he had that in there. <laughs> I'll forward you the email. Well, first of all, you wouldn't have two number one picks to use on uh, on other players because Trey Lance would require one of those. Kyle Shanahan gave up two, and Trey Lance will not be traded. I don't know why people think he would. They don't have another quarterback other than Brock Purdy, and there's no guarantee Brock Purdy's going to be the starting quarterback over Trey Lance going into next season because Shanahan loves Trey Lance and people out there have told me Trey Lance has so much more natural ability than Brock Purdy, and Brock Purdy is being used a certain way, telling him, don't turn it over, be safe. He's doing a great job, but they don't see him having the long-term talent of Lance. And whether that's right or not, I don't know. So give me Shane Steichen and Bryce Young and Michael Mayer. Okay. I, that's uh, That that one excites me too. I, it would suck to not have D'Amico – but I that would, but I like Steichen enough, and and I love Bryce Young, and I think you and Nick both know how I feel about Michael Mayer. <laughs> Nick's aware. <laughs> um, hey, just stick with the draft for one more here. Um, By the is, way, Sean, this yeah. is a great draft for tight ends. Yeah, it is. Mayer is by far the best, but boy, there's several going to go in the second round, and and one or two might slip in at the bottom of the first. That'd be great. That'd be great. Um, because the Texans are <laughs> Texans got picks everywhere, John. Uh, it's going to be fun. Um, Ron Klingler says, Sean and the general, um, what if the Texans take Stroud number two and then at number 12, they take Jackson Smith and Jigba wide receiver from Ohio State? They've got chemistry and the uh, they, they could 
uh, get some talent. Uh, there, that talent could help a new QB adjust. What do you think, John, about I, – I guess a couple things. Ron's question, obviously, drafting Stroud and then using the second pick on – in Smith and Jigba because he played with Stroud. But I also, like, if they're going to take Bryce Young, I do think of, of sim- just a small added benefit is he played with John Mechie. Where are you on chemistry between players and specifically Stroud and Smith and Jigba? Uh, not anywhere. Because <laughs> if that was a top priority, think of the way the NFL would be. They had a great, great, maybe the best ever Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. Those two, their collaboration last year. And, um, uh, but and, and the Jigba's not supposed to be drafted that high. Yeah. He's not the top receiver. You know, he had a hamstring injury this year. Only played like three games, and uh, um, I hope he was hurt all year. He was not making a big business decision, and he'll go in the first round. But Quinn Johnston, Jordan Addison, they may go before him. But I mm-hmm. think if you take Stroud, and they could take Stroud. They could have him rated ahead of Bryce Young. Hell, they could have Will Levis rated ahead of both of them. Or Anthony Richardson. We just don't know what Casario is going to do. But they do need another receiver. But if you hired a defensive coordinator like D'Amico and Jonathan Gannon, those guys have great defensive lines. You mentioned Nick Bosa. He's outstanding. Jonathan Gannon's got four starters and double figures in sacks. You know those guys with that second pick, they're going to want a defensive player. I guess be alignment and the end or a tackle and there's going to be some good ones available at number 12 and you can and the receivers are important but you can get them later and the fact that Manchie's coming with they think he's coming back but he is a he's a slot receiver yeah and so you would have Nico Collins but he's been hurt his first two years you know it worries me when a guy's been injured his first two years not yes. all the time but just enough where you couldn't count on him Mel Kuyper had them Mel Kuyper had them taking Stroud in his first mock draft, John. Did he? And yep. so who did he, he have? Did he have Levis going first? He had no. He he admitted he had Stroud behind Levis and Bre- and Young in his rankings, but I guess he does the mock draft by who he thinks teams are going to take, not who he would take. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, he had uh, Le- and they they might. Yeah, and he had Levis going fifth. He had Stroud going to the Colts at, or I'm sorry, Stroud going to the Texans at two. Bryce Young going to the Colts at four and Levis going to Seattle at five with that Denver pick. I'll be at the combine and it's going to be, I'm, there's never been a player who's going to be weighed measured that will get the attention that Bryce Young does because everybody's going to hope, you know, if he's six foot, then people are going to gasp. My God, they were telling the truth. He's six mm-hmm. foot. But if he's 5'10", then that's going to scare him. So if he's 5'11", that'll be okay. But they want to look at him physically. They want to see him in the shorts. They don't want man, They don't want him looking like Tom Brady, although Brady did a good job of transforming himself, but he's 6'4". So yeah. that measurement is going to be such a big deal. And uh, I know I uh, people over there have asked Medchie about Bryce Young. Of course, he swears. By him, and I talked to Will Anderson Jr. when he won the Lombardi and the transition to the NFL, and he went into detail about why he thinks his size is not going to be a detriment in the NFL. And I told him, I said, people think about the size, they think it means that he can't throw over people, and that's not it. It's withstanding the pounding of an 18-week, 17-game season, and you hope it was playoffs too, can a 
a guy with that thin body, with a frail body, stand mm-hmm. up to that. You don't want him to be like Tua Tagovailoa, who's been hurt every year. He's been in football, and Bryce Young was only hurt once, and that was with that shoulder or arm injury this year. And I remember when he did it, people were, "Oh my goodness, he's out for the year. No way he can return from that." And he did. Yep, he did. Um, all right, John, last one, and then we'll get some predictions on the uh, conference title games from you here. Um, James Campos says, I, I'll, I'll read the question he has, but I think it's it's probably a broader place we can go with this. Is there a possibility Nick Casario is telling head coaching candidates that they should have to retain some of the assistants on the team if they accept the job offer? <laughs> he says, for example, Pep Hamilton. I think it's safe to say that Pep is going to be out of our lives, but – John, I guess maybe there, there, we probably do have listeners to the podcast that aren't totally up to speed on how the how the transition works. I mean, these the assistants are all still employed by the Houston Texans. What is the process, I guess, in terms of what say so that Nick would have over a head coaching candidate dictating their staff? And if indeed, regardless of who's dictating anything, what's the process for the coaches that are still on board with this team right now? If that question had come in Monday, I'd say, forget easy. There's no <laughs> way that's true. Casario right. said that he told all the coaches, you're free to look for other jobs. Yeah. New coach may want to talk to you. We hope he keeps Frank Ross. Frank Ross voted to have the best special teams in the NFL this season by Rick Goslin in Dallas, who's the best, best special teams expert in the NFL. He's been doing this complicated formula for years and NFL people, that's what they use. And he had them as being number one. I don't care what any of those other sites, because Rick's been covering NFL for almost 50 years Mm -hmm. and that's great. So I would, first thing I'd do is reach out to Frank Ross. And I'm pretty sure that when the Texans did all those interviews, they asked them about coaches on the staff. And hopefully all of them said, I would love to keep Frank Ross. Yeah. But yeah, Pep, uh, no. And, <laughs> Probably uh, not. It wouldn't surprise me if Pep didn't sit out. So he's watching his son play here while he's getting paid and then come back as a quarterback coach somewhere else next year. There you go. What year is his son? He's in Pearland, right? He's, I think he's in Pearland. I can't remember. And I can't remember. I guess I don't remember if he was a sophomore or a junior. Okay. And I know he has more eligibility. Yeah. And he is a, a, a Kyler Murray type prospect. 